Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or on Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan. She is far more active on Instagram. And again, much, rate much more so. Review and subscribe to the show. Just share the show with one person. Just tell one person about the show. We would appreciate it. Uh, Chris Childers is going to be our guest today on the show. He's a returning champion. A good friend of both of ours. We've known him for a very long time. And basically, we just ran our yaps about a little bit of everything SEC-related. Our experiences uh, through the SEC. We had some really stupid questions. And we had got a, lot a little of, weird. It got a little weird. We had a lot of fun. Uh, so you're going to hear that coming up in just a minute. Uh, real quickly here. Uh, by the way, Mike Rooney also had a little quick conversation with him. Mike Rooney of ESPN and D1 Baseball. Talked a little Vanderbilt baseball, a little Tennessee baseball, a little SEC baseball. I thought, you know, why not, Aaron? Let's let's give a little bit of baseball love. I'm all about it. I'm a huge baseball fan. Here well, for it. You know, your alma mater threw a no-hitter this weekend. So I thought, I you know. know what? Let's uh let's throw it on the pot at the end here and give give people a little taste. Cause I know you SEC fans love your SEC baseball. So you hear that uh coming up a little bit later on as well. But of course, for a gentleman is brought to you by Jaspers. I can't believe you're letting me do that every week now. That's like the, your thing. You are the star of the show, Aaron. I am just a host. Don't don't play games. You are the star. Go to Jasper's. I don't have a drink there, so I don't really feel that special. Do you know what I mean? I do. We're efforting still. We're still efforting to try to get you. I feel like your efforting takes like a long time. Like I just like things are taking a long time. Rome wasn't built in a day, Dukes. Okay. Okay. You you can't just you can't just slap a new name on a cocktail. Actually, you probably could. Go to Jasper's. Just have your face on every day of a calendar, and every day you don't get a drink. I just put a big X through it. That sounds exciting. You also gotta... sounds very, very murdery, and I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> I mean it to sound say, like that. You have a really fun life. <laughs> Are you Dexter? <laughs> <laughs> do you know how to clean up a dead body? Do you know how to do that without leaving any traces of DNA evidence? Go to Jasper's. <laughs> My God. Anyway, uh, next evolution of the sports bar, as many people are saying, of course. Uh, great, great menu. We were there last weekend watching some uh, hoops, so go, go check that out this weekend as well. All right. You didn't say anything about the parking lot. It is free and it is substantial. <laughs> Need I say oh, more? No, that's it. No. Uh, Mike Rooney, a little bit later on in the show. But without further ado, our conversation with the great host on SiriusXM, I should say, like what he does. Like Chris Childers is a host on SiriusXM, the SEC Network on uh, ESPNU Radio as well. He and I have worked together, I, I don't know, damn near 20 years now. He's our friend, so we forget that he had the, he does real things. He does a yeah. lot of real things. He's actually qualified. He is. And and uh, I'm not sure you're going to learn any of that in this conversation, but we had a lot of fun. Here's our conversation with the great Chris Childers. Chris, good to have you on the show, my man. How are you? I'm good. I am knee deep in basketball and the crazy bouncing orange ball for the next couple of weeks, but I'm good. It's been crazy this NCAA tournament thing. Well, we're not going to talk about the NCAA tournament. Which is fantastic. (laughs) I am maxed out. I'm talking about the NCAA tournament. So wonderful news. Thank you. So what we're going to do today is have a little fun. Tell some stories. Chris and I have been all around the SEC. Aaron, you traveled into basically every single city in the SEC. And so we're going to have some some fun here. Sort of a roundtable discussion about the SEC in general, mostly football related, but I know, you know, Aaron, you've done a ton of work with, with baseball, Chris, you and I sort of in 2007 sort of got to like 
walk out onto John, old Rosenblatt Stadium and sort of fell in love with college baseball. So we might mix some baseball sure. and some basketball in here uh, as well. I, I just and, and a couple of these questions you neither of you are, are prepared for. So uh, okay. a, couple, a couple of these are going to come out of left Go field on. and we'll see. So I, I wanted to start with, with Chris with this first question. Okay. You're going to go to, because you just mentioned basketball. You can go to Omaha to watch the, col- the SEC in the College World Series final. You can go to the final four and watch an SEC team in the final four. Okay. You can go to the national championship game or a playoff game to watch the SEC in one of those three games. Which one of those three are you choosing to go watch and why? I think you know my answer. I think you definitely know it's going to be Omaha. And it's going to be the College World Series because it's just so damn fun. I mean, there's like the going to a football game is phenomenal, right? Like it's a big event and it's crowded and the buildup is great. And like all the you feel the game build is, you know, everybody's filtering into the stadium and it's awesome. Uh, Final four for basketball is incredible. Uh, if Alabama makes it this year, it'd be really cool to see or Arkansas. If they made it it'd be really cool to see. But the College World Series, as you know, Omaha is a damn good underrated city. They got that historic district, which is fantastic. They got Des Moines. Is it Des Moines? That's our council bluffs, council bluffs. That's right across the, uh, I remember now because Bill King, our old uh, mentor had the key to the city to council bluffs, Iowa, Uh, but council bluffs is all the casinos. It's kind of a cool place to be. And then just take it in baseball, you know, weeknights, Saturday night, Sunday night, you know, take it in baseball, watching future major leaguers, uh, the two in barbecue. There's, I, I just think the College World Series is special. And I think the fact that it's in the same place every year. Who was it? It was um, the voice of LSU, Chris Blair, who's, you know, there right now. I guess he's probably home now, but he was there, you know, yesterday getting ready for the game against Michigan. And he said to me, He's like, we should have the final four and the NCAA tournament and everything in Indianapolis every year because it just works. Like, look at all the gyms and how versatile it is and how you can just get to everything. And, you know, it's just so functional. I feel the same way with Omaha. They know how to do it. They know how to put on the event and the time you have is memorable. There's beer gardens everywhere. There's good food everywhere. It is a memorable beautiful time and you and i went once to the old stadium yeah and uh i think you and i could both say it was one of the more memorable trips we've been on yeah we had to call a security guard to unlock a safe at three we did in the morning. like five in the morning what? yeah uh the, yes well, a story for another podcast aaron <laughs> yes God. aaron what, what is your answer to that question mine's definitely the college world series i mean i was there a couple years ago in vanderbilt one i will say that being in omaha for like 20 three straight days was a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of burgers by the end, we're just like burger with no bun because we've been eating the same food as like collegiate male athletes for a month. And like, that's not really great for the physique. So I could maybe take a little break in there somewhere, but we had, we had so much fun and Chris is right. Just a, a totally different environment. And they've been everyone in Omaha and everyone that's there has been waiting for it for an entire year. Um, I, I, don't know what it would be like not during the college world series because it just seems like everything revolves around that. But I guess I have to remember that it's a normal city too. Well, and, and what's interesting in Chris, we were talking about the final four a little bit, like if it was played at Hinkle Fieldhouse, which would be amazing every, every time, that'd be great. But part of what makes going to the final four so blase 
Is that it's in these giant arenas where half the seats are not there. Like, at least I can sell you Pasadena, California. Like, I can mm-hmm. sell you on Alabama and or Georgia or whoever playing in a major college football playoff game in Pasadena, California with the mountains and the build. Like, I can sell that to you. And Omaha's great. I, my vote might be Omaha, too. Uh, the final four to me, like, it's just not even, I've been to a few of them. I know you've been, yeah. to, it just doesn't have the same thing. So unless you're sitting right next to the court or in that lower level, you know, right by the court where you don't notice the monstrosity that's around you. And you're just kind of looking straight at the basketball players. It's not bad. If you're anywhere else and there's a good chance that in an 80,000 seat stadium, you're probably going to be somewhere else out in, you know, especially if you're just a normal person that doesn't have millions of dollars to be able to afford somewhere down there. Um, you're probably going to have a crappy seat. I mean, it, it sucks. I'll just be honest. I remember yeah. sitting in uh, the Georgia dome in the old Georgia dome and watching Ohio state in Florida in a final four game. I, I'll never forget. Uh, were you with me in Indiana? I, I was at a, Oh no, not in Indianapolis. I was with okay. you. In the, I was with you at the at the in the Atlanta the one. Georgia Dome. Yeah. So in Indianapolis, it was. I want to say there was a Michigan State West Virginia Final Four game. This was years ago, but it was at the new Lucas Oil. Like they just opened up Lucas Oil, and which is where the Final Four is this year. And we were we're in the press box, right? And we're watching the games. And I remember looking. I think it was to Bill King and saying, "You ready to go back to the hotel?" And this was like. 10 minutes into the first half because you couldn't see anything. I mean, yeah. it literally you're staring down at these little dots and I'm like, let's just get the hell out of here and go watch it in our hotel. You know what I mean? And back then at rivals, we weren't doing post game and locker right. room and all that kind of stuff. So we could just kind of, you know, go and uh, come as we please because we were just doing shows from there from radio row. So it's domes suck. I mean, they do domes for <laughs> basketball suck. The sight lines are awful. It's just a complete money grab. I get it because, I mean, hell, they're going to fill it. They're going to sell the tickets. Uh, This year, obviously, it's going to be different because of COVID. Uh, I did hear, though, you know, Steve Lapis said this to me this morning, who, you know, we both love. We've worked with the Sirius XM. And Lapp said, you know, he called the game with Michigan and LSU and said that the atmosphere at Lucas Oil was actually the best so far. And it was better than Hinkle just because there was people in there. Yeah. Like he could hear when Michigan went on the, you know, they could hear people going nuts and getting excited and LSU fans getting excited and that in itself, he's like, and there was a lot of fans by the announcers and that in itself kind of made it cool. But I mean, could you imagine a final four where you had the, you know, Hinkle field house every year packed or the palestra? I mean, I know they would never do it because they want to line the wallets, but it would be incredible. And I've gone to tournament games at Rupp Arena before, which if you've never been mm-hmm. to Rupp, it's just sort of like a building in a row of other buildings. Like it doesn't yeah. stand out like, right. like, a, like a stadium. Truly, It's a, mm-hmm. a wonderful place to watch a game. It's amazing. It's okay. Um, but like, again, I can't even think of like, I mean, maybe even Thompson Bowling might be a, among the better places in the SEC. Because again, you, you talk about baseball stadiums. I could rattle off like seven amazing baseball stadiums in the SEC. That could I hurt. think the best basketball stadium yeah. in the league is here in Nashville, honestly. Memorial, okay. I think just from right. a, like from a cool and I like I've talked to Chris Patola about this, and he said that it's one of his. Th- I think he said it was his second favorite gym besides the Palestra, and all of college basketball because it's so damn unique. I think we take it for granted, but if you're not used to it and you walk in there, it's so. Da- I remember the first time I saw it and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And you see like the floating goals and the teams on the baseline and. 
uh, the you know the students are under the court, which is kind of weird. Um, I think it's neat. I think it's really, especially when they're good, like when they're good. Yeah, it's a really cool place to see a game. I, I think it's the best in the league. You're still talking about basketball, though. So, and I'm just telling you. I you just said you weren't going to talk could, about it. It could use central heat and air, just <laughs> from a practice standpoint. From sure. you practicing yeah. in there, getting. I mean, you're in literally a greenhouse and like the oldest building ever, but the environment is cool when we're yeah, good. It's, it's good when Vanderbilt is good. Sorry me. to bring up the B word. So I'm going to start with you, Aaron, on this one. <laughs> and and I don't know if we should ask this in two parts, like as a because Chris and I are married with children and Aaron, you are single. I don't know if the, the right way to ask this question is you're going to go travel for a game weekend to a city in the SEC football. What, what, where are you going? What, what is the best city to go hang out in for a weekend? And I don't know if my answer changes now that I'm married with kids versus <laughs> when I was single. Aaron, I'll start with you. Is it, am I basing it on the actual game environment or the city that I'm in? All of the, it's, it's the entire weekend. So okay. it's like the city and the food and the people and the nightlife and the game itself. You got to put it all together. Mm. Columbia is not fun enough to, for me to pick that, but I do love going to a game in South Carolina. I think Georgia, if it's not, I think Georgia, I think go, go to Athens. Because, I mean, the nightlife there is great. I mean, I guess the last time I went there was, I guess I just graduated, but it's very young. I mean, I guess you've got to stay off the freshman row of bars there right on the strip and make sure you're not hanging out with like 16-year-olds. But surely there's some better adult nightlife in Athens that I haven't really had the chance to discover. And just like a game between the hedges is, is awesome. The stadium's great. Um, people generally are nice, especially when you – um, have Vanderbilt apparel on. So, um, <laughs> you're very non-threatening. Oh yeah. Exactly. People yeah. just give us free food and stuff. It's great. Um, I think Athens, what about you, Chris? I think uh, that's a tough one. Cause that, there's a lot of good places. Like I like going to Tuscaloosa. That's always a fun time just cause it's so different. Um, and everybody like looks the same. They all have those Bama bangs and short khaki shorts on and, you know, polo shirts with a little horse on them and they all kind of <laughs> croquis and it's a whole thing it's, it's an animal of some sort it might be like yeah a, it might be a little crocodile it might be exactly a little elephant some... pattern seersucker but it's got to be an authentic yeah that's that's a thing too and at Ole Miss you get a lot of that which is which is always fun I think it would be Knoxville as much as I think what? about it I yeah because I just every the best times I've had in the SEC have been in Knoxville and I've been you know I've been to all the places for the most part, I think I haven't been to Columbia, either one of the Columbias, um, but I've been to most of them. And just like there's something about the Vol Navy and the river and just kind of walking into the stadium. And like when Tennessee is good, like when you and I went to the Oklahoma game together and Tennessee, there was like a vibe and an excitement and everybody kind of thought Tennessee was on the up and you felt it that it was cool, man. That was that was big. That was Baker. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, yeah, I don't coming think, out party. And I don't think Neyland Stadium has sounded like that since then. No, and, it, and, and but what I'm saying, like, but when it does, it's awesome. It's really cool. And there's just something about the tailgating on the river. And, you know, like I always love parking by Calhoun's and kind of taking that walk where you can see the stadium kind of emerge. And I don't know, man, like I'm not, I'm no Tennessee fan, but I love going to Tennessee. And then, you know, if I'm with somebody with like you, who's, you know, 
went to school there, you kind of know the lay of the land and we can kind of make our way over to places like Pigeon Forge. And uh, what was the one? What's the place we ended up in? Aaron, we were at a a, a, a divey, trashy sports bar. On the definition lake, of dive and like white trash in the, in the middle of Sevierville, Tennessee. Yes uh until about one in the morning because we wanted to watch like pac 12 after dark or whatever we were and, no we were watching michigan state oregon remember oh, my bad my bad of course it was michigan state oregon and like michigan um, state was good and oregon like i remember good. watching the game and the the bartenders were is weird and very, weird i should say very, is they were very attractive is anybody we've been around uh the clientele <laughs> was you know as to be expected toothless a lot of times and it was uh <laughs> The, the music was interesting. I mean, it was an experience that we had. And that's what I like about going to Vol games. Thinking about you two navigating the world together, drunk in a city that you don't live in is terrifying to me. Well, to be fair, I've only been in prison in one place, and that was in Sevierville, in Sevier County. See, so I, I, I'm, I've got a lot of knowledge of the inner dude, workings what's, of Sevier what's County. Would y'all be each other's first call? <laughs> Would y'all call each other from prison if you needed to be bailed out? Probably not. No, yeah, probably not. I mean, if we were together and one of us got arrested, like if yes. we were in Sevierville, yeah. then yeah, I mean, I'd be like, hey, yeah. I need you. But uh, no, if it was a two man job. Then, yes, that's. What yeah. Would, but if like yeah. he's just, you know, out on a normal Nashville night and gets arrested, <laughs> he's not calling me. Okay. He's calling Rick Gall. He's calling, you know, his know wife. Who, he's, I don't know who the, hell I, who the hell I would call. My wife would I definitely did, not want to take that. Call. I was going to say, uh, Haley, I don't see that being the very Rick Gall would be understanding. Oh, yeah. You. He would he would come bail me out for sure. Yeah, old, I think old, so. Old Papa as my Pops. daughter. As my I daughter. digress. Um, all right. So I'm going to go single me would have said Athens or LSU. Mm -hmm. Just because the parties are crazy. The food is amazing. The nightlife's great. The stadiums are wonderful. I think like older me wants to go to Auburn and because it's like this tiny quaint town that is like, like there's too much glitz in Oxford and it's, it, there's too much temptation there. Yeah. The uh, bars close at like 11 now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Auburn. Like I feel like I could go sit in a nice restaurant with my wife, have a really good meal, go, go like, per, like have a great brunch, peruse the whole campus, do the whole tailgate thing, go to a really amazing football game but like the town is just so charming. It's just such a, a, a quaint little town it's that every, cool. everything about it is Auburnish, and it <laughs> sort of just turns into more Auburn on game day and the weekend itself with like the trailers pulling up like on Thursdays and Fridays beforehand, you know, the, the, again, I love the food down there. It's just close enough to the Gulf to get really good seafood. Yeah. So like it has a Southern class to it. There, there's something different about Auburn. That's more relaxing that I think mm -hmm. I would go with like my wife and kids where I would not take my wife and children to Baton Rouge on a Saturday night. Like I just, what about not, Tuscaloosa? I'm not doing that. I, I just don't, it's not as, I don't know how to explain it. it Baton Rouge is wily. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. No, yeah. Baton Rouge is. I remember when Baton Rouge is crazy. Dude, Middle Tennessee, which is the most harmless team ever, uh, with Andy McCollum, he took them like it was a road game. I don't know, back in like 2001. And, I, you know, I was buddies with Andy McCollum. So I remember him telling me after they came back that the opposing fans were drunk and they were rocking the bus and like three people were peeing on it. <laughs> that like sounds that, right. But that's Baton Rouge, right? And that's from Middle Tennessee. And I think the final score was like 58 to 10. The the over under you know what I number, mean? the over under on number of people that pee on your vehicle is two and a half. 
every night, every time in Baton Rouge. It's, I think so. Yeah, that's the, that's the standard. Even if you're just like parked um, outside of a nice like gumbo house, you're going to get PETA. All right. So any sport, any time, student or otherwise, professional or otherwise, favorite, the most memorable SEC athletic thing that you have ever seen. Mm. Most memorable SEC thing. Because I go think first, you want me to go first while you guys think well, about it. Well, because I I will just say the the thing that immediately popped out like when I just thought a first thing that I was at that's the most memorable would be the Chris Jenkins shot, but that's not SEC. Um, but that's my all time like it's <laughs> basketball and the you know what it was. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what it was. Georgia Oklahoma at the Rose Bowl. That Rose Bowl that's a couple a of years ago. I was at. I, I'll never forget it. And my fat ass was so exhausted. So you know how they flip sides, you know, every time during the overtimes and you know how like the last five minutes of the game, they let you on the field. So I'm covering the Rose bowl. It's me, Rick, uh, Allie Gehring, uh, Danny Cannell was there and Ryan leaf. And I don't know where the hell leaf was, but the four, the other four of us, it's me and Cannell and Rick and Allie were on the field together. And all of a sudden this game's going into overtime. And you, you remember the game that was Baker Mayfield, uh, taking on Jake Fromm as a freshman. That was a Georgia team that was just short of winning the national title the next week against Alabama in Atlanta. Um, it was back and forth and back and forth. I, I just remember in that setting, I remember looking up at the San Gabriel Mountains, standing in the end zone and looking at Ali saying, are we really watching this? It was like a Chris Jenkins moment. Yeah. And Georgia wins the game and you know goes on to play for the national title. But it would have been even cooler if it was for the national championship. Uh, but in that venue, the back and forth, I think it was that Georgia Rose Bowl was my favorite thing I ever saw. Braden, you want to go next? Uh, I can if you want me to. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think like I, I saw it's a hard question. It, well, there's we are fortunate. And, and Aaron, you fall into this category, too, that through either being a student and or through our work, we've had opportunities that a lot, not a lot of people have had. And one of the most memorable ones I've ever experienced, and Aaron, you're going to hate me for this. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not my number one, but it's one of the most memorable is watching. And Chris, you were standing right next to me, is watching David Price give up a home run to a backup catcher Michigan. In a, in a, against Michigan in a regional. Mm-hmm. You know, David Price is probably the best college player I've ever seen in person play. And I've seen some good ones, but that was just that weekend series was was ridiculous. But I will say this, the most memorable moment ever, because I had plenty as a student at Tennessee. I've had plenty in, in all these sports as a, as a professional, but the first SEC football game I ever went to was Peyton Manning's senior year at, in Knoxville against Georgia, and they won like, I don't know, like 35 to 14 or something, and Peyton threw for 300 and some change. It's the first time I'd ever been to an SEC game. I was like 14 years old, and my dad and I went up for a game because we just moved to the state of Tennessee, and I just remember, because he took me to games everywhere, wherever we lived all across my childhood. And I just, that there's a, it, <laughs> the SEC just hits differently, to quote Corey Forrester. <laughs> it just hits differently, man. And when you get, like, I went to Neyland Stadium for the first time. I saw Peyton Manning play, and I will never forget. It's like when you first see a baseball stadium when you're five years old, you know? Like, it's just one of those things where you walk out and you go, holy shit, this is different. This is not the same. You know, that would be mine. That's a good one. Um, well, mine are, y- y'all have been to a lot of just a lot of different events. Mine 
almost all have one thing in common, which is either I was either student at Vanderbilt and dancing, or I was working at Vanderbilt. So normally they're in, they're bound to be involved in mine. I'd say in college, it was, um, watching us win the 2012 SEC championship against Kentucky in basketball, the year that they went on to win it all. So that was and like that in Tampa uh, or New Orleans. Where was that? Here, SEC championship. Was that Jeff Taylor and those? Teams yeah, that was basketball? Jeff Taylor hung around, and then it was like Festus, Festus Azili's senior Festus year. Azili. John yeah. John Jenkins stayed yeah. and didn't go to the draft for one extra year so they could see what they could do, and then we ended up losing in like the second round to but like that, Harvard. That was in the twenty tournament. 2012. That was, that was the year Kentucky won the national championship. With yeah, that, they won it all that right. year. Yeah, that was my senior year of college. That probably that, and then as an adult and working, um, that's hard. I'd say Kamar Rockers, the no hitter against Duke. Oh, that's um, so good. Before we went to the College World Series and won it, it was like 130 something pitches, and that was really really cool to see in person. I think that was honestly. The College World Series is obviously really exciting, but the third game of the series was not that close. So the no-hitter in the Super Regional was probably more exciting than actually winning it all. The Sugar Bowl, I was at the first playoff game. Well, I guess it would have been the second playoff game, technically. Alabama, Ohio State down in New Orleans, where it was the first year of the playoff, 2014. And I, I covered that one. And man, that was like sort of like you said, like you could just tell it was different. Ohio State, Alabama, Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott. Like we're talking about some of the greatest players ever, but it's still it's still a neutral field. It's not the same as when you're, you know, like in some of these other places, although Pasadena is pretty good. Fringe Element is brought to you by. You get to say it sometimes. I've said it every other time on the show. Do you want to say it? I would love to. Jaspers. It's brought to you by Jaspers. Some people are saying it's the next evolution of the sports bar. I would say, according to the website, that it is a casual eatery and market by Deb Paquette. Named after her. Do you know what it's named after, Aaron? Probably her dog. Yep. Named after her Jack Russell Terrier, Jaspers. The Jack Russell Terrier statue in the middle of the probably hexagon-shaped bar. But did you confirm that this weekend? I'm pretty sure it's a square. It's definitely not a square. Okay, okay. I'll, I'm going to figure out. I'm going to okay. find a picture. All right. Yeah, there's a cute little Jack Russell Terrier yep. statue, which may, led me to believe, along with the logo, that it was probably named after someone special's little canine friend. Yep. Her beloved and playful Jack Russell Terrier, Jasper's food and atmosphere convey a similar attitude, fun and playful. Equipped with TVs, a grab-and-go market, shuffleboard, my favorite bar game of all time, the neighborhood spot is Nashville's new go-to restaurant, bar, and gathering place to eat and drink. Jaspers. It says it all right there on the website. The menu is fantastic. You want to know what I ate this weekend when I went and watched basketball games with Steve Cavendish of Mainstream Sports? Please share. I had some red rum wings because their happy hour is fantastic. Four to six. You got $6 snacks, which includes like two different types of wings, as well as the sweet potato fries that comes with pulled pork and onion and sauces. It is I fantastic. I told you they were good. Oh, collie poppers are on the, the menu as well. For the uh, the little happy hour menu, you got collie poppers as well. So that that's just like your regular daily four to six kind of deal. Then they've got the weekly rundown with all the other fa- favorite stuff as well, which I know you're mm-hmm. a big fan of. I am. And I tried the last time I went, I tried the firecracker wings, which have you had those yet? They're like, they have that mango chili yes. sauce on them and they are really, really good. I have not tried the red, the red rum ones yet though. 
you two both have been talking up these sweet potato fries that now I've gotten them like three straight trips. And um, it stops so you, because okay. I'm trying other stuff. I want to try The hype other is stuff. real, right? It's totally real. Yeah, they are, they're good. They are spectacular. It, Get it them is. for your meal. I mean, like you really could. Oh, it's it's so good. And and they're like six bucks during happy hour, four to six PM. Yeah. So it's, go watch it's basketball. Yeah. All, take all your kinds friends. Of, all kinds of great basketball, of course. Very strange schedule. It's not like Thursday to Sunday this this year, you know, but it's uh it's still pretty it, it's what is it like Saturday to Tuesday this weekend or something like that? Yeah, it's it's all it's all off, but I mean the world's just now opening back up. So like, you know, I guess the schedule doesn't really matter as much. Yep. But Jasper's is a great place to watch it. And I hate to admit this and I almost didn't, but I looked at a picture. The bar is a large square, but the outside has a, has a hexagon shaped turret, which I think was throwing me off. A what? Like Jasper's from the outside. Like it's like a hexagon, you know, like the front of it. You mean where the grab and go market is? Yes. But the bar is a square and I'm trying mm. to justify being wrong to you because I literally hate being wrong against you probably more than anyone else How, how's it uh how's it going for you i don't love it but i'm trying to be a bigger person it's okay go to jasper's They're yeah jasper's you... is great go jasper's there. will make you a bigger person go, go to jasper's <laughs> another another reach not not literally i just mean figuratively they'll make you a bigger person um go to jasper's great place to watch the games this weekend coming up of course all kinds of good stuff you got bama and arkansas playing in the tournament this arkansas. weekend so go check them out and uh go to jasper's man free parking great menu Great place to watch the game. All this, all the, all the things. All, of all the, the things. things. Go to Jasper's. We love it. All right, this one, this one you do not know about. Okay. okay. You are gonna eat an edible. Okay. <laughs> with the current SEC head football coach. Okay. And take them out on the town in Nashville, and no, you cannot take them to Jasper's or anywhere else. That's affiliated with Four Top Hospitality. Our wonderful. Yeah, I don't think we should take someone to our sponsor. And our high. wonderful, and our wonderful and amazing sponsor, Jasper's. Go to Jasper's. You're taking an edible with a head coach, and you're taking them to a concert out on the town in Nashville. Where are you taking them to? And who? And who are you taking? Where am I taking them to? And which coach? Mm. And he's taking the edible too. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's got oh my weird... gosh well think about it like he's dressing up as Darth Vader there's some weird going on there you know I didn't I just think it, like an really edible would really kind of bring it out I mean, imagine him like running around in a Chewbacca outfit through downtown Nashville it's like a fish concert or something like that <laughs> we, we like took him to ascend when fish came and Dan Mullen you know just you know give him 100 milligrams and just set him free uh i'm thinking it's mullen i i think mullen's mullen's my choice all right aaron i you i know where you're going here well yeah i mean you know what my first answer is going to be it's be sam Pittman because anytime i get to hang out with him i don't care i don't need to even be on drugs i would enjoy myself very much if i had to hang out with chris and dan mullen i would take lane kiffin though because i think that would just be weird as hell like the four like but if you would we just all sit went... there though i i'm telling you kiffin's I... got no personality he would really? just sit there and be like, he's like he, the guy that you hang out with. That no, like, he, he's every, mi- no, he's weird as hell. He's every, though. he's bringing all the passive aggressive middle school mom energy to the SEC. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. You're not wrong. I don't I mean, know. I, I'm going I Sam know. Pittman for sure, but um, she's, wearing, she's wearing that. <laughs> Imagine Leach. 
That'd be good too. There's some I quirk each, there also. Yeah, that's that's I a do, good one. Chris, you're not. I think Mullen was a finalist. That's a good for me. answer. Yeah, Mullen's good. Mullen was a finalist for me because we like when he's sober, he puts his foot in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I can't imagine if the, all of the filters are gone and oh, he just be incredible. To be, be himself. Yeah. Hard to argue with Sam Pittman. I used to. I my former answer would have been Coach O, but but now I, Coach O and I are not. We're on the outs. Like I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's I don't fair. like Coach O anymore. Um, Leach is a hard one not to want to like go full Ernest Hemingway. Like just, I'm going to get It'd wasted incredible. with you. We're going to watch the sun come up. We're going to sit outside the Ryman and drink a 40 out of a brown paper bag together. Like I just, that Leach mm-hmm. is the one who's still going strong at like 6.45 a.m. I feel like- Is that your still, final? He's still pontificating about something. And I'll take him to like all different venues in Nashville, divey little small bars where they're like some- mm-hmm some like hard rock band is playing or some hip hop or whatever. And he, he'll be into all of it and just see That's how he one. does. It would be pretty good. Fav- favorite interview, Chris, you've ever had favorite personality. You could do a, a whole hour with this one person in the sec who, who you got. I actually like talking to Saban. I, I don't, I've been lucky with it. Um, I don't know. It's probably because I always have Rick next to me, which is why I get lucky with it. But he, for whatever reason is engaging. I don't know if an hour would be fun. Cause you know, he's, he's Mr. Monotone, but like a half hour to really kind of get into football things with him. Cause if you can really get into interesting football things with him, he's quite engaging. Um, and he's philosophical and, and interesting. And if you ask him about like people that he finds, inspiring, he can kind of go on different little tangents. I kind of like, I, it's intimidating, but once you get over it and he, and you know that he's not being a Jag cause you know, if he's in Jag mood, then forget about it. But if he's kind of going, uh, he's kind of interesting. If you can get him going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. Aaron, you can interview someone for 25 or 30 minutes. Who you got? I think you, you go next. I'm still thinking this is tough. Uh, I mean, Cal's a good interview, but I guess that's basketball. I, I really like the word again. I'm from Memphis. I'm still salty about that. I so. really like talking to Mark Stoops, actually. Um, there's something very normal about him. <laughs> and I say that in, in a way that most college football coaches just aren't because mm-hmm. they just they're so they're so up their own ass about everything. So like Stoops just sort of like says it how it is. Now he's not particularly interesting from a personality standpoint. You know who's a sleeper in this conversation is Eli Drinkwitz. He he he's got yeah. He's got a little rah 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 in him, and and I think that would be interesting to hang out with him. But I mean, I I would I, I would take it as a personal challenge to bring something out of Lane Kiffin. Like you're not gonna get crap out of Lane Kiffin. I, I will do gonna, it. I will do it. He'll sit there and be like, oh, enjoy fresh water. Aaron, who you? He won't say anything. That it has to be someone that's current. It doesn't have to be. You can just pass on this question if you want. Well, you know how I feel about I have gotten to be present for Steve Spurrier interviews before and you know how I feel about that I think he's the funniest person on the planet so that would probably be that would probably be my go-to if it didn't have to be somebody in that's coaching right now yeah I might go Robbie Caldwell actually Um, interesting (laughs) (laughs) he was good yeah he was good just inseminating turkeys left and right Um, yeah he was good all right three favorite SEC football uniforms childers Piss everybody off now. Um, Bama. 
would be up there. I like the traditional. I'm not a big lover of the uniforms. I think Florida's are ugly. I think LSU's are bad. Florida's are hideous. Yeah. Uh, as, I, as, I'm, I like, as, I'm wear, as I'm wearing a Mets sweatshirt that's I actually and blue. like Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Vandy and then Ole Miss Powder Blue would probably be my favorite. That was mine. That's a good Yeah, call. that's my favorite. Ole Miss Powder Blue is definitely my favorite yeah, by landslide. Cool. I also mm-hmm. like the smoky gray Tennessee Ooh, look. Those are good. I'll admit it. And um, yeah, Vanderbilt's had some good ones, actually, that I... They've had some really good helmets. Yeah, the all... helmet, like yeah. that chrome. And we had some... Good... There's been some good... Some good... You, Vandy's had some good ones. I think Plus black the, and gold works really well on the uniform. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Yep. I'm surprised we haven't talked Georgia. I think Georgia's uniforms are awesome. See, I hate Georgia, but here's why. You know why I hate Georgia. You know why? Who's my NFL team? Oh, the Bears. And so, from when I was a kid, I hated Georgia. Why? Because the logo on the helmet. Oh, <laughs> it's the Packers logo. Yeah, yeah, they stole it. And from so for, for forever. Well, it's like Iowa stole the uh, the Steelers jerseys and admits to it, but they're cool, right? Like with the the Tiger right, Hawk. Right, right. I just think Georgia, like it makes an ugly G look <laughs> ugly still. So I don't, I don't, I'm not I, a fan. I like the traditional ones. Like I like Kentucky's old ones when it didn't have all the craziness, when it was just white and blue, like especially the all white ones. Mm-hmm. I love Tennessee's uniforms that are all white. And for people that hate that orange, I understand but it matches the entire campus if you go in the fall. So it's, there's sort of like a, a synergy there. I, my favorite at bar none, not even close LSU, not even really? close. I don't like really LSU is my favorite. I, I just, I, there's something about it. I can't explain it. I like the throwbacks. I like the current ones. I like the alternates. There's not a uniform I've seen LSU show up in. That's that's ugly. The ugliest uniform in the history of the sec is the all orange Florida. With the orange helmet. So what about the orange... when they did those like gator skin, whatever, too? Do you it's remember that? Weird. Yeah, gators have bad uniforms, bad my f- colors. My favorite really gator uniform is the one they wore with Tebow, where it's like that. It's almost like that powder bluish color. And then they have the white helmets with, with the, the big orange. Yeah, F. I like those, those too. Those are cool looking. But powder gators is not a good, not a good look. The Cheesy. powder blues are good for Ole Miss. I'm with you on that. The problem is we have Texas A&M, is- Arkansas, Alabama, and Mississippi State. What's the difference? They're all blah. They didn't do any. It's normally the ones that took a little bit of a risk, like the powder blues, the gray. That's like kind of off the beaten path that I like, or just like super, super clean, like I, the, the all whites. The Vanderbilt when they had white helmet, white tops, white pants, which is very different for them. Mm-hmm. I, I thought looked really good. Yep, me too. All right. Good question. People Very hate uniforms. Get people really pissed off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Alabama's got a nice, clean. Yeah, it's pretty I like classic. that. It's, it's like, like I'm a big fan of Penn State's uniforms, and it's the same. Yeah, I like Auburn. Sort of like thing. Auburn's the same way. Like, keep it simple, make it traditional and classic. That's that's where I go. Aaron's one of these young hip kids. She likes all the fancy stuff. She's that's, very. Hip. Thank you so much. All right, she's Chris, the coolest person I know. Aaron, thank Cannon. you, Childers. Aaron, You're fill me up. This one. Who would you? Which SEC coach right now would you trust to babysit your children right now? Nick Saban. Details. <laughs> Why do I have to keep answering? I have the same answer to every question. I said you don't have to answer this one. Oh, okay. Details. The All about the details. <laughs> you go next, Braden. I, I, I mean, it's hard not to 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 go with Clark Lee. You know, he's 
38. He's my age. He has about as much hair as I do. He lives in Nashville. Like, you know, he's got his family around. Like, there's lots of strategic reasons why Clark Lee would be a good answer on this one. I mean, Same. gonna pick Sam Pittman. Do you, why are, do you have a crush? Are I you, uh, love oh, him. Is he available? Should we tell everybody what happened on the show, Aaron? Should Hold we on, announce Sam this? Pittman wife. Should we announce this now on the show? Oh my God, Childers. What's up? What? What? Oh, he's married, Jamie. What part, Braden? Should we announce what? Who Sam Pittman is now following on Twitter? <laughs> he followed me on Twitter, and I almost collapsed. I don't even like care about What's Twitter. What's the deal that with the uh, Sam? Pittman <laughs> I don't know. I just love him. She's a homewrecker, Chris. No, I'm not. You want in on that? <laughs> what is his wife? What'd you figure out about his wife? Oh, now Her name is Jamie. Um, is she blonde? Like, is he into blondes? You I also don't want to like. You know what? I'm not going to say anything. Him. Mean I just like about him. this. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything mean. Okay. Don't. Yeah. Don't Stop. say anything mean. Stop yeah. it. I'm not. I'm going to be nice. He can be my mentor. I don't want to homewreck his life. I just want to meet him and hang out with him a lot okay. of the time. You I should. should I, Aaron, I should ask you uh, the like the Mary Fuck Kill game with three SEC coaches. Okay. <laughs> Chris, who should the three candidates be? Saban, Kiffin, Pittman. <laughs> God. <laughs> Saban, Kiffin. A good one. I'm, de- I'm definitely Mary, marrying Sam Pittman. Oh, all right. kill. Mm. Oh, we know who you're killing. <laughs> I mean, know. there's pro, yeah. You know, he's a tomcat. You gotta go, you gotta bang Kiffy. <laughs> oh, God. I guess you got to. Whatever. Oh, I have a goodness. feeling one's safer than the other. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, Saban. It's like the story would be better if it's Kiffin, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to do that. Let's oh. be clear, but okay. Anyways, I think that about does it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, wow. Chris, what a Chris, way to end, Chris. Chris thanks for hanging out. A good place to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Thank uh, you. Chris. Where can everybody find you, man? Uh, SiriusXM on channel 84 and 374 mornings on 84 afternoons 374 and twitter and instagram at childers radio a lot of places thank you so yeah. much chris really. i miss your face we appreciate you coming on the show buddy thank you bye Braden. bye dudes special thanks to, to chris childers God. for having some fun and special thanks to you aaron for putting up with our nonsense how do i find myself in situations like this it's it's the company i'm deciding to keep it's a fun show. We yeah. are not we are not limiting ourselves with with regulations and suits and space and time. We are being ourselves on the show. Which is on all of our behalf weird as hell, but that's fine. It, maybe it'll be maybe it is just enough spice that the people will the fans will like it and not just completely cancel us for being, you know, a little more than unconventional. If we do something that makes somebody want to cancel us, then I feel like we're doing something correct. Yep. Love him or hate him. It's still an obsession. I I agreed. I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Um, (laughs) Come on, come on Uh, in folks. Come on in. The water's fine. The water's warm here on fringe element. It's great. We're here at the Welshley arms hotel. It's, it's wonderful. Um, So I listen, (laughs) I'm surprised (laughs) that you guys don't like LSU's uniforms. Number one, (laughs) that's just 
a shock to me. I just don't know what you love so much about them. And I have family from Louisiana. Actually, almost went there, but their uniforms don't like really get me going. It's unlike anything else in the league. I mean, you heard we talked a little bit about it there, but there's so much maroon, which is just yeah, like, it's just red and white and maroon all over. Well, it's really just dirty red. Like it's not. It's just like a dirty version of red. And while I do like a lot of those classic uniforms, Arkansas and 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 um, Alabama and whatever, LSU is unlike any school in America. They're like the culture, the people, the food, the tailgate, the stadium, the uniforms, everything is unlike any other thing in college football. And that's I don't know. Maybe that, that, plus it's it's a cool color scheme. I love New Orleans. My wife and I love New Orleans, I, which I know is not Baton Rouge, but like we just love the culture down there. There's an energy and a vibe, you know. It's fun. I forgot when we were talking about moments because it wasn't really a best SEC moment, but an eye-opening one for me as a junior in high school, I went down there with two of my best guy friends. One of their moms took us down there for the Florida LSU game because we were all three looking at LSU to potentially go there. And I had, you know, was raised going to sporting events since, you know, long before I could walk or speak, but LSU Florida playing in Death Valley was different. And I remember looking around being like, whoa, like somebody's going to die here tonight. <laughs> like we're th- like, there's going to be shots fired, like cars are being tipped. Remember that was kind of an eye opening on in terms of craziness, even though it wasn't like a standout, unbelievable sports moment. What was that? What year though? Was Tebow there? Was 08, 09? Was it after um, that? What that would have been to... no. That was probably two thousand seven. So Tebow would have been there. No seven. He was there from oh six to oh nine. Yeah, yeah, he would have been. That's right. I mean, I guess I. They won that... the national. They won the national title in oh six and oh eight, and he won the Heisman in oh seven. So you saw either a Heisman Trophy contender winner or a national title team. I I two. think when I think about Tebow, I think more about when we went to Florida to dance when I was in school and my I don't know if I told this story that my best friend from high school who also went to college with me and was on the dance team with me she Tebow came running into the end zone and she tried to like throw herself in front of him so that he would hit her and she would he would have to visit her in the hospital she wanted to do that and she tried to get hit like she tried to get Tim (laughs) Tebow to hit her she like all of us backed away and Lauren went towards Tim Tebow What, what happened she just missed. He 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 like barely like just he barely missed her. How bad did she want it, Aaron? She obviously didn't want it bad enough. She wanted it w- worse than was safe. <laughs> I remember looking at her like, "You are this is just too much." Oh so, God! I, and so I have when I think about Tebow, I think more about that. I, I saw Tebow's last game in Knoxville. Uh, I, I think that would have been 09 probably. Um, I I saw you know Tebow. I was at a couple of media days with Tim Tebow, where it's just, mm-hmm. it's very strange because he was just so big. Manziel was so big. Like there was just there's only a couple of guys that being at SEC media days. Since we're in the storytelling episode here of the show, <laughs> there's only like two dudes really that just you could not see them. Like I'm not a small person. Like I'm six one. I I can I can see eye to eye with a lot of football players and over the top of most media members. And you could not see walking through ballrooms and galleries and, and, and hallways in the hotel in the Winfrey down in Alabama, the two people you could not see because there was so much stuff around them, like Tiger Woods style paparazzi, right? 
mm-hmm. are Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel. You could not, you could not physically put your eyes on them, even if you were standing in the room. Because there are too many barriers between you and them. Not barriers, like well, just it, just everyone and it's everything. The pap- it's the paparazzi. It's like yeah. people holding up their television cameras, trying to get a shot of like Johnny Manziel's forehead while he like walks from like one interview to the next. Like it was just forehead. It was ridiculous. Or his giant feet and Tim Tebow's hair. I don't know. Like those was... two stand out with is there anybody else that you put in that category? No, because like even because all the coaches are like, you know, yeah. everybody everybody treats the coaches with like the like Saban walks around and it's kind of like I've been in the room with Saban a bunch of times. It's not that big a deal. Spurrier felt that way when I was younger, but it, it's just different. Like those are the only two where it was mm-hmm. just it was it was it felt like TMZ. Like it, it, it didn't feel like college football media. It felt like we'd crossed over into a different level. Yeah, I could like, see that. Of like popularity and and craziness and like Beatles mania or whatever. Like it was just those were the only two that that I can remember. I'm sure there's other ones that I've seen, but like those are the two that I remember. Like I do remember very different. This two. <laughs> I do remember interviewing Marshall Henderson after they won the oh SEC championship gosh. in the locker room, and he like on live radio gave me like a a no answer silence on live radio i'm I, a that does not shock me at all and b i met marshall henderson i lived in an apartment building here in nashville right after i graduated from college and him and some of his friends i guess they had graduated too were at the pool and <laughs> yeah. i was like he's different yep yep i remember being like extremely annoyed very very quickly so and it sounds get, like and you get annoyed pretty quickly I get annoyed with people that act that have overblown egos really quickly. That's like my trigger point, I think is like an unjustifiably large ego. And then if you you have a justifiably large ego and you act like it, that still annoys me. But especially when it's like not really justified, I'm like, why are you acting cooler than you are? Is winning an SEC championship in basketball for Ole Miss not a little bit justified? I mean, but this is not then. This is like a couple of years <laughs> later, and you're he's obviously still riding that high. <laughs> um, uh, maybe it worked for him. I don't know. Not surprising at all. I think Ole Miss also, was, like his, was like his fourth school. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not yeah. trying to be hateful, but like don't be, just, don't be, it was a lot. It was a lot. Don't be hateful. All right, that's enough storytelling for today. Some actual analysis coming up on the show. Mike Rooney <laughs> of ESPN and D1 Baseball. I had a chance to quickly catch up with him this week, so I thought you guys might enjoy it. We talk a lot of SEC baseball here, so uh, just thought we'd throw it in here at the end of the show. Just a little little Easter egg as it's the time of year for, for all you SEC football fans out there. A little baseball talk here on the show. Here's my conversation with ESPN's Mike Rooney. Rune's always a pleasure to see you, my man. I hope things are well. It's, it's getting to your time of the year here, and I, my first question is fresh off the no hitter by Jack Leiter and knowing that Kumar Rocker has his own no hitter in the postseason in the super regionals a couple of years ago for Vanderbilt. Is there, do we need to be asking historical questions about this one, two punch for Vanderbilt? They've had a lot of good ones over the years. Is, is there historical context behind the combination of Leiter and Rocker on one rotation on one team at the same time? Yeah, it, no question, BG. And I think it's, um, you know, the, the obvious comp that we always go back to is Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole pitching for UCLA in 2009, 2010, 2011. And ironically, Garrett Cole was a kid that was a first round pick out of high school, kind of like Rocker and later could have been if they were more signable um, and chose to go to college. So, you know, I think that's the easy comp. 
Cole went number one in that draft. Bauer went number three. If the draft was tonight, BG, I mean, it would be Kumar going one and lighter going two or vice versa. I know there's a high school kid out of Dallas, Jordan Lawler, that a people like, but I don't, how do you not take rocker and lighter right now? If you, if you have those two picks, I mean, these, I I'll give you this anecdote that uh, an sec pitching coach I was texting with last week said, Hey, how about having two big leaguers in your college rotation? That must be nice. You know? And it's like, yes, it would be really nice. Well, is there an explanation as to how this has happened at, at little old Vanderbilt? I mean, I know they invested in the underground super secret laboratory and Tim Corbin's brilliant at what he does. I mean, all of his assistants are now off coaching like top 25 teams. Yeah. What, is it just Corbin? Is there some other secret sauce? How, how has this happened? Well, yeah, I, I'd say the short answer is Corbs because, you know, obviously before Corbs got there, and this is no offense to anybody, but Vanderbilt was not only, it wasn't that they weren't the best team in the SEC. It was that they were the worst program in the SEC. You know, the least funded, the least successful, and now, you know, program of the decade, you could argue. And so, you know, Scott Brown, the pitching coach, has got great track record. He's phenomenal. What they've done, you know, the track record, the David Prices, you know, and on and on. So I think it's, I think here's the thing about Vanderbilt baseball right now, especially for pitchers, but really for everybody it's got everything you could possibly want in a college baseball program for your son, right? Play in the best league, play on TV all the time, proven track record of getting guys to the big leagues, you know, Corbs and his wife, Maggie, it's like giving your kid to two more, you know, to two um, surrogate parents. I mean, it checks every box. Yeah, it, it is quite amazing. And in the league that generally invests the most and has the most passion for college baseball in general, speaking of the sec, uh, depending on what rankings you use, I don't really care. It, it, you could argue that four or five of the best teams in America are all in the same conference. Have you ever seen anything like this from a league that is traditionally this good, but maybe not this good? Are we seeing a, a, a historically good year at the top for the SEC? Well, I think at the top, yes. Like you're right, BG, we've seen the SEC really assert itself as the premier league in college baseball over the last, let's call it 15 years. But we've not seen just week after week after week, hey, we know who the top five are going to be nationally. It's going to be these five SEC teams, and they're just going to play musical chairs and decide who gets to be number one, whether it's Florida, then it was Arkansas, now it's Vandy. Hey, old, you know, Mississippi State's barking up that tree. Old Miss has been number one in another poll. So uh, I've, I've not seen it where the same league has the top five teams in the modern era. And, and, and you just, you just know there's not really another team at this point that's going to crack that five. Well, and, and Tennessee's a solid team. You know, we've seen LSU. We know how good that program is going to be. South Carolina is a solid team as well. So it's not like it's, you know, devoid of talent after those top five, uh, Tennessee, for example, I know that this is a program that, you know, missing SEC tournaments is pretty hard to do, uh, especially for a program that went to a college world series, you know, just six, 15, 16 years ago with Luke Hochaver. Uh, Tony Vitello seems to be the right answer for Tennessee. Number one, what has he done that has been successful for Tennessee? And number two, more importantly for Vols fans, how can they keep him from going to Arkansas? <laughs> well, he's he's not going to Arkansas because Dave Van Horn's not leaving Arkansas unless like the Yankees call him or something. But I would say, um, you know, you, you're right to mention Tony. He He's 
that he was been the perfect fit for Tennessee immediate upgrade in the talent level. He's such, you know, he, he's an elite level recruiter. He's a head coach that does recruit. So that's an important factor. You, know, you think about, I'm not comparing Tony to urban Meyer, but I think about that prototype where you've got a head coach that does, that doesn't take the attitude of, Hey, just call me into recruiting when you need me. Tony is a head coach that says, no, I'm going to be involved in the blood and guts of recruiting. Like, do not exclude me is more the attitude. And then, you know, Frank Anderson is a home run hire as a pitching coach. You know, it's a a great coaching staff. The talent level in the program has immediately upgraded. It's significant. It's a I will tell you, I think it's the, the third best program in the East right now, which is, you know, makes you a top 15 program nationally and it gives you a chance to host. I'll tell you, here's the other thing, BG, that Tony Vitello does. And, and Frank Anderson's part of this. The Vols play with an edge now. Like, like it's not like the Tennessee's the team right now after the series is over where I'm watching the handshake line very closely. <laughs> like, hey, like, is there going to be a dust up? And, and, and I, I don't mean that in an inappropriate way, but, you know, like they're going to get after you. They're, they're not there to like, hey, we took one game like they play with that edge that you love. And so and hey, that talent level is just going to keep improving under this coaching staff. I don't think Tony's leaving. I think he, he he's a great fit there. I think he feels uh, I, I can't speak for him, but I, I just I'd be surprised to see him leave. And I, I think it's a great fit. Well, they, they better spend every single penny on every <laughs> single thing that they want. That he, If he says, listen, I want a 130-foot chocolate waterfall, you put that thing in there because they do need to spend some money on baseball at Tennessee. Yes, that's right. If, I, if, yeah, if they say, I want, a, I want a, a, a statue of BG out front of the stadium, <laughs> they better make that happen. Let's go. Just me cheering Julio Borbone in the outfield. That's all it is. <laughs> just, just me sitting in the outfield with a with a cocktail. Um, uh, Runes, how many SEC teams are in? Who do you, if you had to pick one right now to make that deep run and and be in the final series in Omaha? Who who do you like? Yeah, I, I th- so we've never had eleven teams from one league make the NCAA tournament. BG, I think this is the year the SEC could pull that off. Now. Um, you know, obviously the math matters, right? Like it means that Missouri is going to have to lose a bunch of games that creates wins for other teams. But um, I think this is a year that they can get 11 teams. I think 10 feels like almost a certainty. You know, I think any of those five teams, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all, BG, to have two SEC teams in the finals this year. Um, those five teams just seem like they're a cut above. But right now, if you made me pick a team, Vandy is how do you beat Vandy in a weekend series right now? I saw I saw later a couple weeks ago. He was not great and still put up five zeros. That may end up being his worst start of the year. Yeah, Rocker. There's nights where Rocker is still struggling with his command and you're going like the other team didn't have a chance. Like it's just just ridiculous. Uh, Runes, always a pleasure, my man. Uh, Appreciate talking with you. Always uh, always good. and, And we'll talk soon, man. Sounds good, BG. Be good. See ya. Well, that just about does it, Aaron. Uh, I thought that was a fun show. A little baseball talk, lots of crazy storytelling, a little drug use in there as well. All good stuff, right, on the show. A cl- nice, clean a nice clean round of Mary Fuck Kill of SEC <laughs> coaches. God. Special um, thanks to Mike Rooney and Chris Childers. It was a mashup today, for sure. It was, you know, you just didn't know. You didn't know where the next term was going to take you. Well, I mean, and we did, we did have fun with Spencer Hall last week, so we got to keep... We have a certain status to maintain now, you know, just, just surprises left and right. But the actual analysis at the end from Mike was, was good. Nice addition. Yeah. You had to bring it back down to earth. 
Yeah, yeah a little palate cleanser at the end there. <laughs> Bring it back down to earth. Uh, special thanks to Chris and Mike for joining us. Uh, of course, our wonderful sponsor, Jaspers, as well. Make sure you go to Jaspers. They have a very, very nice parking lot. It is quite They're the parking so lot. so weird about this. Did something happen in that parking lot for you? <laughs> no, no, that's a weird question. Nobody oh. in Nashville likes to drive or likes to, to walk anywhere. No one in Nashville likes to pay for parking. Frankly, no one anywhere does. But normally you have to pay for parking everywhere you go in Nashville or find some street parking or whatever. Not at Jasper's, baby. Jasper's, free parking. It's a beautiful, substantial parking lot. And oh, by the way, the food's amazing. And oh, by the way, done by a great chef, Deb Puckett. And oh, by the way, fantastic pastry chef, Megan Williams. The whole company's great. Grab and go market. We haven't talked about that in a while. There you go. See, look at you. Mm -hmm. All the things. Look at you. I know. A little. You got any more copy points? Um, (laughs) No, I don't think so. 9,000 square feet. Square feet. Socially distanced. Yeah, it's great. Happy hour every day of the week, except for Saturday. Except for Friday? Except for Saturday. I don't remember. Go to go to the weekly rundown and check it out. Right. Now I even mess up the copy. <laughs> go to Jasper's. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, for Aaron Dugan, where can people find you? Um, Aaron underscore Dugan on the gram and the Aaron Dugan on the Twitter machine. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Facebook, and Twitter at 440 Media on Instagram. Rate, review, and subscribe, please. Please, please share the show. This has been Fringe Element on the 440 Sports Network. My apologies to Nick Saban.